Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. We are back fresh off the Sayulita super spreader, or at least one of us is. <laughs> I think I've fully recovered and I am back at my digs in Puerto Vallarta. All of the super spreader stragglers that crashed at my place for a few days have left and I am back with uh, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell my better half for a brand new episode. What's been going on, man? Sorry you couldn't make it this past weekend. Uh, I I really, really wish we could have been there, especially with the last two weeks I've had at work. Like, it's been just absolutely miserable. This, this has been like the worst two-week stretch of work I think I've had in my entire professional career. It's been awful. And, and then with all this stuff, we're getting ready to move. It's been like, like I was talking to you before the show. All the girls were sending my wife pictures and seeing pictures Buck was posting and stuff. And it was like, man, instead of being here dealing with all this bullshit, we could be in Mexico getting drunk, hanging out and having a good time. Like we yeah. we definitely made the wrong choice by being responsible adults. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. You know, I'm, I'm such an idiot. I took like maybe two pictures the whole time. <laughs> I should have hired like a photographer or something, but yeah, I think there, I took, when we first sat down, uh, I did the first episode with Robbie, the fire, which was a lot of fun and, uh, got to sit down with him. So we did an episode of peddling fiction. And then I think the next, then we took a break and then I think Mark Claire went up there with, with a bunch of guys or whatever. And I took like a couple pictures of that. And I think that was it. I don't know. (laughs) but yeah, there's people were taking a lot of pictures. So you'll see a lot of that floating around. It was a good time, man. It was a, it was a very busy weekend for me. And I I always wonder like, so I know a lot of people came in just for the weekend and how many of them regretted not staying for like a full week to actually have a a nice vacation. I know, uh, I know Robbie wasn't regretting only staying for the weekend. That guy is, he's, (laughs) <laughs> and if you listen to the episode, I gave him a hard time about this, like to his face. So I'm not like talking behind his back or anything, but that guy is like the most neurotic, nervous Jew you could possibly imagine. Whatever you thought it was, 10 exit. He was like, I, I felt terrible because he was so worried about everything. I don't think he ate the entire time he was there. He's like, is this going to kill me? Is that going to kill me? Can I drink the water here? And I was like, oh no, we did have, I, I took him to, uh, we, we had breakfast at this little cafe he had some uh, avocado toast so can't can't really get sick from that but mark was saying the same thing about him said he's he is like the consummate neurotic jew pit. yeah which uh, i had so- met him i had met him in um uh, in lockhart at the at the thing at buck's place and i guess maybe because it's like relatively suburban texas he was a little more laid back but he also was very uh kind of twitchy yeah yeah, he was so uncomfortable. And I, I was really grateful that he made the the trip out. I, I thought he was going to bail at the last second and, and sort of use the, the passport thing as an excuse. But man, he stuck he stuck with it and he fucking killed his stand up was hilarious, man. It was so much funnier than I thought it was going to be, which was great. You know, you always wonder you, you kind of worry. I had the same feeling when I saw this was years ago. I think this is still when uh, Dave was doing part of the problem with Mike Brank. Uh, Brancatelli, but I saw him at I think the Laugh Factory in Chicago, and I was like worried. I'm like, what if I don't like his stand up? <laughs> and of course, it was it was fucking hilarious. Like even if you're not a libertarian, all the stuff is really funny. And uh, dude, Robbie killed it. It was so great to have him there. So I was really glad. I don't know if we'll be able to get him to repeat, but. I
but I think he has to, we'll just have to put a lot of pressure on him because he was the first guest of the first Sayulita super spreader. So um, we will well, be doing it. Yeah. With the success that it seemed to have had, like everybody that's talked about it has just been, it's been glowing reviews. So I'm sure next time around there will be more interest from more people to, to be involved and, and have a part in it. So yeah, maybe we can get uh, a real comedian and Dave Smith to come down <laughs> if he doesn't have another kid on the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to do it again next year. I think Mark Claire is going to actually help me put it on this time. And uh, I met a lot of cool people down here as well that uh, are connected and, and willing to help out. So it won't just be me shouldering the, the whole burden of this thing, which would be great. I'm more than happy to pass the the reins on to anybody that wants them. <laughs> I've honestly, I don't even think I've ever thrown like a party in my entire life. And I don't, I don't forget why I decided to do this, but I'm sure there was tequila involved. <laughs> we, uh, we have a, a decent sized little group of friends and we've hosted new year's parties and super bowl parties and stuff. And then we'll like, we'll all rotate every year and go, our house somebody else's house and man when it's our turn like especially my wife she is just a neurotic mess for the entire week leading up to it like wants to have everything clean got all this stuff we got to set up like being the host kind of kind of sucks yeah i really don't like it i'll be honest but i i will do it because uh i i mean it it's very rewarding when people come back and have like a great time and they, and they thank you for it. So I'm glad that uh, everybody seemed to enjoy it. So it was worth the effort on, on my part. And uh, who knows, maybe we started something historic over here. Uh, anyway, what's uh, what's on the docket for today? Oh, what's been going on stateside. Catch me up on all this. I know uh, Fauci came out and he's doing a bunch of fear mongering over the Omicron. Yeah. You know, we got to make everybody panic. So he thinks it's going to be the dominant strain in the U.S. within a few weeks and hospitals may become overwhelmed this winter. That uh, where have we heard that before? Yeah, I feel like we've uh, we've seen this one before. Know how it ends. What? So, I mean, is it has anything been happening with the Omicron? That, that like anything out of the ordinary is it worse than delta in any regard uh, so here in the states it hasn't even been a thing at all like I, I know there are at least a handful of supposedly reported cases of omicron but i'm not aware of like any mass spread as of yet uh there is a article from bloomberg uh south africa hospitalization rates plunge in the omicron wave so right now omicron is about four times as uh oh what's the word i'm looking for it they've got about four times as many cases of yeah yeah so they've got about four times as many cases of omicron um as what they were seeing with delta but the hospitalization rates are way way down uh and i don't think anybody has been reported to have died yet uh i i can't find any death numbers from omicron like maybe maybe i'm wrong and somebody will fact check me on that but uh i'm not seeing death i'm not seeing any death numbers for for omicron just it's just hospitalizations and and infections and the hospitalizations are way down the infections are way up so it's you know doing what it's supposed to do and obviously i think uh south africa is only like 23 percent vaccinated so if vax or if uh, hospitalization rates are way down and cases are way up in a very low vaccination country what's that say about the vaccines right which i i think it's been about a year now right since the the first vaccines were rolled out they haven't they haven't altered the formula for any of these vaccines right despite all these variants right <laughs> justin's eaten on camera i ask him a, a question right as he takes a bite which is my favorite one of my biggest pet peeves in restaurants is like right when you take a bite the waiter comes hey is everything okay you guys need anything no, else like, no, no, literally no, i just no, took no, a bite no. of food man <laughs> I, sometimes i wonder if they do it on purpose <laughs> they stand off to the side and watch you and they're like all right look look you got the fork all right go now go now yeah just so that, like a it's like annoying and b like they won't have to get you anything because you can't articulate it 
<laughs> but yeah, so we've had these vaccines for a year. I would say that the they have overpromised and underdelivered in just about every facet that a, of a so-called vaccine could. Uh, they didn't provide immunity. They didn't provide a lot of the 90 plus percent efficacy that they initially claimed. Like that's just been plunging. Every time there's a new variant, it gets even lower. The whole safe and safe part is is coming into question. We've got European soccer players dropping on the field left and right. A lot of cases of uh, you know myocarditis and all, all kinds of uh, issues with that as well. So, wow. I mean, well, the, we, uh, the the mainstream narrative continues to be the same, regardless of what the the statistics say. You got Biden coming out giving his speech or whatever, saying we're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for the unvaccinated. Yeah. Okay. Like we're cool with that. It, we, you're, you're not, you're not scaring us into getting this by saying, you know, we already made it through the, uh, what, what was it? The dark winter or whatever he talked about last year. Like, yeah. We already survived the dark winter. He, you know, now we're going to, now we're going into a uh, winter of severe illness and death. Yeah, it's going to be funny, like how they have to keep rebranding the same situation over and over again after it falls flat every single time. Like we're going to have more dark winters than Rocky movies, but they're going to have to call it something else each time. <laughs> and how many times just the bobblehead NPCs are going to fall for it? You know, it's like, here's a strain or like, here's a virus and it mutated. We're going to, we have to impose some new lockdown. We have to go back to where we were, mask up, lockdown, get the vaccine, a little bit of freedom that they give that back to you. And then a new strain comes out after six months. And then we just start the cycle all over again. And then every season it's going to be, the winter is going to be terrible. Look out. You can't have Thanksgiving. You can't have Christmas. You'll kill grandma. Well, and the, the Fauci thing, I, I thought it was interesting. He's, he was actually tying Omicron and COVID and the flu, cold and flu season all together, saying that like with all of these things combined, it's going to be so terrible. So, so the flu exists again, flu, flu made a comeback. It didn't actually, we didn't actually eradicate the flu apparently. And <laughs> uh, and it's it's back. So now we have to be scared of the flu and Omicron. Oh, yeah, I see that. Here, here's the quote from Fauci. Yeah. Besides the toll of suffering and death, which will inevitably go up if, in fact, we have the convergence in the winter months of flu and Omicron and Delta, like a Delta, a triple threat, we could get our hospital systems overwhelmed. <laughs> the triple threat of uh, it's basically all I mean kind of the same type of illness and it, it affects the same type of people right the old elderly people with um you know compromised immune systems the, the the delta and the omicron which seems to get as you were saying less deadly as this thing mutates which is which makes sense for the life of a virus i do like how they've com just completely abandoned death numbers like it's everything is about hospitalizations and uh, and cases not no no talk of death whatsoever anymore i think that's that's almost fallen by the wayside yeah we're, we're back to the original we don't want to overwhelm the hospitals again but we're, we're happy to you know fire a third of the staff if they aren't fully vaccinated speaking of firing people uh i think it was today that the military has officially started giving people the boot if they're not vaccinated oh so a few maybe a few hundred uh marines were let go and they've been talking about like the active duty army is like 98 percent vaccinated or something there's still uh three to five thousand active duty army that are unvaccinated and they're saying that they're going to start start taking measures here soon to uh to part ways with them or something of that nature. That's interesting. I would have thought the numbers would be higher of uh, military personnel refusing the type of vac uh, the vaccine just because they've been so familiar with government programs before. So there is something that's kind of interesting about that because they say there was an article that I was looking at. It was like 400 of the 468,000 uh, active duty army. The last actual number of active duty army that uh, that the department of defense had was over uh 481,000 so at some point 
I think at some point here over the last six months since it was announced that if they didn't get the shot, they were going to have to or they were going to be let go. It seems pretty plausible that some 13 to 14,000 have already quit or been let go. And and what kind do they get like a dishonorable discharge or something in that case? Do you know? So I'm not really sure how that works. I mean, I'm sure if if they haven't already either retired or resigned, I'm sure they'll give them a dishonorable discharge. They're they're not going to let them have their pensions or or anything like that. Like they're they're going to do everything they can to fuck them over. Yeah, there, there's something bizarre about that. You know, it's like we're fine sending you overseas to be cannon fodder. No problems there. Get get blown up by you know IEDs and shit on the side of the road all day long. But we can't let you get a fever for a couple of days and God forbid have to uh, take some ivermectin or something. <laughs> well, and something that's kind of interesting about that is like of that 468,000 active duty arm army, and how, how many of those are actually on the ground soldiers and how many are just support role types that actually sit at a desk or sit in an office or like uh, get the coffee and stuff like that. Like that we have so much as with all facets of government, we have so much government waste involved in the military and the like bloated budgets and like ridiculous number of people uh, doing basically senseless, you know, jobs that don't uh, contribute anything. How many of those are not even actually soldiers, but just support staff type types. And then of the say, you know, if if there was in fact 13 to 14,000 who have, resigned or retired or whatever here over the last few months leading up to this. And then another three to four or three to 5,000 that are likely to get fired or discharged or whatever for refusing the vaccination. I would be willing to bet that that group are the actual soldiers who are like the ones on the ground doing, doing the fighting type stuff. Like they're the, they're the tough guys. They're the ones who aren't going to back down to some dumb bullshit. Yeah who are also in peak physical condition and um, have gotten uh, a firsthand dose of government bullshit for however, however long they've been over there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. The other thing I, I saw in the news that I thought was kind of interesting, the CEOs of Southwest and American airlines were, what were they? They were in front of some committee, right? They're always in front of some committee. Um, Questions from, yeah, Senator Roger Wicker, ranking Republican committee on the committee of what? Which committee? God damn it. Well, it doesn't matter. They were talking to some bureaucrats and they came out and they said, we don't think uh, there's a need for masks on airlines, like in the cabin of the plane, because of the the way they filter the air and circulate it and, and stuff like that. They don't think that they uh, we have to go through with all these ridiculous mask mandates on the plane. Particularly crazy is when people are flying back from, say, Mexico, when everybody on the plane had to test negative for COVID within 24 hours of flying. And they still force you to put these masks on. That was a that was a big thing for a lot of people that were at the super spreader that had to go back. Everybody had to get their COVID test or, you know, present a COVID test to uh, to get their boarding pass. And yet here, here are the CEOs coming out. The aircraft is the safest place you can be. They have all the same uh, HEPA filters. I don't know what those are. And airflow that that's basically is, is safer than just being indoors with somebody. You know what really pisses me off about that is when they were first mandating that and making all the big deal about flying and stuff. If you said that the filtration system on the planes would be a natural defense against that. And that, and like actually talked about this sort of stuff, you would have these pseudoscientists who are like just stuck up COVID's ass as far as they can get, come out and tell you how wrong you were and that that's not the way it works. And I'm an engineer. And here we are <laughs> less than a year later and everything that like people who have good common sense, and know how stuff, know how the world works. We're talking about the, you know, these planes are have the built-in filtration systems because I mean, you, it's it's circulated air. They, they're not gonna, uh, they're not just gonna have it be dumped back in. Uh, the way the way the planes are designed, they they filter the air. And here they are ta- actually talking about it. But you know, all of the all of the COVID scientists, they were 
you had to trust the science and the science was that that's not that's not the way these planes work everybody's gonna die right and where were these fucking ceos a year and a half ago when they came out with all these ridiculous restrictions of they're kicking people off the planes for not putting their mask back on in between bites of food and they remember there was that video a couple months ago of that they were like trying to force this mask onto some like four-year-old kid who was crying and they ended up kicking i think her and uh the, the kid and the mother off the plane or something like that it's just like hey you know you, you could have taken this stance a long time ago if that is the case instead of yeah i remember when it, the airlines were like the first like companies to kind of come out with all of these mask things and that and it seemed like everything followed suit from there this is way back in you know like march april may of last year and i, I was getting so angry because they were coming out like every day it was like another airline would cave to it Be like oh yeah you got to wear your mask the entire flight as if fucking flying and steerage isn't uncomfortable enough. The, now you gotta uh, put this thing over your face. Yeah, the the airlines were still writing their uh, government bailout money, so they had to they had to jump on it as quick as they could. They were they were already under the thumb. Like they there was no way a year ago they could actually come out and be against any of this because their their sole their, their sole form of survival at that time was relying on the government to bail them out because nobody was traveling and you know nothing was going on and even after even after travel restrictions were kind of lift, lifted and stuff people were still slow to get back into it so so they were fully relying on uh the government to make sure they didn't go under so yeah i mean it, it makes sense you're gonna uh you know you, if you know where your bread is buttered you're you're gonna make sure you uh take care of that yeah, that's a great point. And you can extrapolate that to anybody that gets any fucking government money, which is one of the biggest problems with government being involved in every aspect of life. You get all these lobbyists getting all these different industries, government money. And then, of course, you don't get the truth in anything. You get what the government wants you to do, what the government wants you to say. They've destroyed science. They've destroyed education. They, they, they destroy everything they touch. It's a cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the fact that the average American is completely oblivious to that is like insane. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it is mind boggling. Like every time Bernie Sanders comes out and we actually is a good way to segue into the, the whole Elizabeth Warren, Elon Musk and uh, Amazon thing where it's just like, we need to get billionaires to pay their fair share. And all these pharmaceutical companies are, are lobbying Congress. And well, the, the problem with that is not the fact that, you know, Elon Musk built a bunch of his uh, companies off of taxpayer dollars or whatever, or that they're lobbying Congress to get the, the tax code made or anything like that. The problem is that the government has $7 trillion that it's going to spend this year. And yeah, people are going to try to get a piece of that, that that's never going to change. As long as the government has the power to control these industries, there's going to be somebody trying to get their, you know, their influence to uh, help them out in whatever area that they're in. You have to get the, the power away from the government, take it all away so that it doesn't matter what Bernie Sanders says or does. He does. He can't influence your industry at all. And then you let the actual free market operate. The customers can vote with their dollars, which is the ultimate democracy um, in, in any sense of the word, I guess. And that's the way the game is set up. Like having grown up on a farm and everything, they're the amount of money that the federal government puts into farm subsidies and stuff like that is absolutely, absolutely fucking insane. And the, the way it actually incentivizes the farmers to do certain things, uh, it's counterintuitive to, it's counterintuitive to what, like what a farmer would normally do with their land and stuff. Like there are, uh, there are, set aside what we call set aside programs where you set land aside and you don't use it and the government pays you to just leave it dormant for a couple of years and, and stuff like that. The way you can utilize these different programs and get the money from the government, you can make a lot of money to basically do nothing, which is 
I mean, that's the way the game is set up. So if you're not actually taking advantage of that and you're not getting that money, that's just dumb on your part. Like that, that's a bad business choice on your part. So like you can't you can't fault Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or any of these big corporations for playing the game the way the game is set up to be played. Like if the money is going to somebody, you may as well get your share of the money. Like don't don't dick around and uh, let your principles cause you to go broke. Like it, play the, play the game the way they set the game up to be played. I don't like the rules. I think it's terrible the way that it's set up, but it's it's good business sense to take advantage of that and take their money. And the fact that people don't see how it is the game, it's not the play, it's not the players. Like they're they're not the ones who are at fault. It's the way that the government set the whole thing up to begin with, and then. They, the government, especially the left, harps on these big businesses and the corporations while doing absolutely nothing to fix the game. Exactly. Well, so, yeah, that's a that's a perfect uh, segue into this. So the, the Elizabeth Warren tweet, there's a couple of them that got a lot like she's just been getting shredded on the Internet. And uh, a lot of it had to do with this Elon Musk thing. But she said, let's change the rigged tax code so that the person of the year will actually pay taxes and stop freeloading off of everybody else. And then Elon Musk called her like a Karen and all this stuff. But I, I always find it fascinating when politicians are calling people that created businesses that employ thousands of people that make people like wealthy beyond their wildest dreams that could honestly could change the the world for the better. Uh, who knows what this guy's going to come up with with his space program and all kinds of shit. Um, they're freeloaders, and the actual blood sucking parasites that have never they're by definition they freeload. Like they have never created anything. They have never done anything. They work in government their entire lives. They get to call other people freeloaders. And then steal money from the people that are actually working for a living and dole it out to all their politically connected friends in Washington and all these lobbyists and everything. And then go on TV and pat themselves on the back. Oh, what good people they are because they care about this and they care about that. And look how much money we're willing to spend on it, even though none of it's ever theirs. They're never reaching into their checkbook to stroke a stroke a check. It just I, I, I find just that one thing fascinates me about this. And then she had another tweet when she was explaining, I think this was with Amazon. She said, cause Amazon came out and said, look, you guys are basically the ones that make the tax laws. As you were saying, we just follow the laws that you guys come up with. And if you don't like the laws that are created, you can change them. You know, something along those lines. She responds, I didn't write the loopholes you exploit. Your armies of lawyers and lobbyists did. <laughs> so Elizabeth Warren openly admits that the entire government is bought and paid for by, by lobbyists and they don't actually have any principles and don't actually do anything that they're supposed to for their constituents. Nice yes. to know. She literally put that on paper. And, you know, who knows if this is actually Elizabeth Warren behind the, the Twitter thing typing this out? Probably not. But she says, but you bet I'll fight to make you pay your fair share and fight your union busting and fight to break up big tech so you're not powerful enough to heckle senators with snotty tweets. <laughs> I, I mean, this is just uh, this is pure gold. This is absolute gold like they're. They're literally admitting that they are they will take money to pass any laws that lobbyists want, and then they'll get out there and complain about it as if they had nothing to do with it. There was it was totally out of their control. Like these guys are just shoving suitcases of money down my fucking throat. And I don't know. I had to pass the laws that they want. But but I'll fight to make sure that you pay your fair share. When she accused his his army of lobbyists buying her off, like, how is this going to work? So, wait, he can just pay somebody to buy you off to get the, the laws passed that he wants, but you're going to fight to bust him up. Well, not if he's got a bunch of fucking lobbyists. You just said you're a cuck for lobbyists. And she says, let's change the rig tax code. But then her proposal for making change isn't isn't actually changing the tax code. It's adding this billionaire tax so the tax code will still exist the way it does there's still going to be all the loopholes this billionaire tax is going to add something else that on paper looks like it accomplishes something but at the end of the day 
all of the existing structures that allow billionaires and millionaires and all of these big corporations and stuff to get away with not paying any taxes, that all is still in place. None of that changes. So th- the whole thing is just posturing. Like they can add this new big tax that's going to go after the billionaires and make them pay their fair share. But at the end of the day, nothing actually changes. None of the none of the none of the foundational structures of the tax code are getting changed. They're just adding something else that grandstands and make it makes it seem like they're doing something so that their constituents will be happy with them when at the end of the day they're still completely in the pocket of whoever pays them right and well one thing will change most of their constituents will be subject to the new tax and that's why they're going after six hundred dollar bank transactions as well like the millionaires and billionaires will still be able to avoid this any way you know maybe they'll move to el salvador or something they'll move their companies around they'll get around the tax it'll be subject to you know the joe six packs of the world but elizabeth warren can still come out there and say look at all these goddamn billionaires they're evading all these taxes and that's why you're paying so much more even though they they use them they use the billionaires as the scapegoat to get the new tax in and then they apply it to everybody else and then blame the billionaires for them applying it to everybody else it's fucking ridiculous and how people take these politicians seriously is I guess a testament to our government schools. They are really good at one thing, and that is dumbing down the American people. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, man, like the people who are just completely bought into the entire system and think that the whole thing is good and great and and does exactly what it's supposed to and or that, or that the government can fix anything. Like, that ignores literally all of human history. Yeah. Well, you know, I was reading through some of the the threads on Twitter, you know, to see what other people were talking about. Hey, guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They're our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to Lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee promo code fiction. All right. Because you get, you get all these like bleeding heart lefties in there being like, Oh, well, you know, the rich got to pay their fair share. All this trickle down economics didn't work. You know, tax cuts for the rich fail. And they're posting these articles like 50 years of tax cuts for the rich failed to like trickle down, And I mean, I think everybody that listens to this show knows there's no such thing as trickle down economics. But if you think that trickle down uh, tax cuts for the rich aren't going to trickle down to the middle class, but you think increasing taxes on the rich is going to somehow trickle down to, to you and the middle class and the poor, what fucking planet have you been living on? Because that's not how any of this works. Elizabeth Warren just told you how it fucking works, okay? They tax us, and then they use that fucking money to buy off all their fucking politically connected people in Washington. The lobbyists write the tax code. They give a bunch of money. So the only people that are getting any of this trickle-down tax revenue are in and around Washington. And look at the richest counties that exist in the, the U.S. They're all over there. And... I, I mean, what, why would that trickle down any more than, um, you know, any more than uh, like tax cuts would? Like, what's the mechanism there? Like, okay, at least with the billionaires like Elon Musk and stuff, he could, in theory, reinvest it into his company, hire some more people, maybe come up with a new idea, uh, a new way. I just saw he's coming up with this thing. He wants to pull CO2 out of the... Uh, atmosphere to do something i forget what it was shit i killed a lot of brain cells over in cyclita but it was a way to use all this exit you know everybody's worried about all this extra co2 from uh carbon emissions he's going to try to do something with it 
I don't know what, what happens when they just take money from him and, and dole it out to all their, you know, to everybody that they owe favors to in Washington and all these politically connected companies. It's not like they're, these are poor people that are getting these government handouts. Look at all the bailouts that they've done since 2008. <laughs> that, that didn't go to the, the poor and the middle class. It all went to rich bankers and lawyers and lobbyists. There's no trickle down there either. So well, it's like at the beginning of the pandemic, whenever they were sending out the stimulus money and stuff, literally all of that went to the banks first. And then it got and it went to the banks and it went to Wall Street and then it got distributed out from there. But the big corporations, the big lobbies, all the ones who are in the pocket of the government, they're the ones who got the money first so that they could so that they could take care of what they needed to before everything went nuts. Yeah. And then and then you got your stimulus check and now you get the inflation. How's that stimmy doing now? Like there's your trickle down. You are way, way, way down at the bottom of that hill. And <laughs> the I mean, fact that Elizabeth Warren basically just like with her with her response in the tweet, basically explained how the system works and thought she was winning by doing so. Leads me to believe that it's actually her that's running the account and not some like not some intern or something. Because she, <clears throat> based on other stuff that she's said over the years, like she seems like the type that is dumb enough to completely give up the game and think that she's making a winning case. Oh yeah, remember when her DNA results came back and she was one one thousand twenty sixth Indian and she was parading around like, see, I got some Indian in me. It's like you have <laughs> less than like. <laughs> the whitest guy on the face of the earth and she thought that was a she thought she was dunking on everybody so like, um, that's a that's a that's a rounding error that's not actually having indian in you. they they just right. couldn't figure out what that last like 0.0001% was so they're like yeah native american <laughs> yeah i've never seen a fraction with a zero for the, <laughs> the numerator <laughs> yeah when your percentage doesn't even start with a number it starts with a decimal then you're you're losing yeah yeah oh god it is it's unbelievable. You know, when we had uh, so we had some of the, this NFT artist at the super spreader, he was doing like people's portraits and stuff. It's kind of cool. I hope I like that tweet right there about the lobbyists buying them off and, and writing the tax code that needs to be NFT. And let's see how much that will fucking sell for. That is that is gold right there. That is absolute gold. Let's see. There, if we want to go even to even uh, dumber comments that were made by a human being, allegedly a human being, we've got CNBC's Jim Cramer. For those of you who uh, don't watch this, like the, the world's uh, worst uh, economic coverage channel possibly ever. Uh, I used to have it on all day when I was uh, when I was like trade, you know, it was just on all the fucking TV. So I, every morning I started out with Jim Cramer and then he would uh, at, at like four thirty or something, five o'clock, his show would come on. And that's when I knew like I'd or maybe it was six o'clock. I forget what it was, but I was like, I've been at the office way too long. Cramer's coming on. I got to get the hell out of here. There's like the really obnoxious guy that wants you to buy everything. He's always bullet. There's always a bull market somewhere and I'm going to find it for you. I can't stand his economic outlook, but he came out and uh, I know he was talking. I think I listened to part of an episode. I'm a little behind on all my podcasts because I've been running around like a, a maniac the last couple of weeks. But I know uh, he was catching shit on part of the problem for talking about bringing in the, the military to, to force vaccinations on people. I think that's what it was. That was like a, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And now he comes out and he's been, so he's been, yeah, on this like vaccine mandate bender, but he, his, his tweet, even dumber than uh, Elizabeth Warren's, if that's possible, the government has a right to force you to obey and has always exercised it, especially under the GOP. The government has a right to force you to obey. That's uh, that's Jim Cramer's take on the role of government. I, I don't I don't think you could get, you know, reading through our governing documents, you could get a worse take on, on what government should be doing, what the role of government is, other than the government has the right to force you to do shit. Yeah, that never mind the Declaration of Independence or anything about the 
the preamble to the constitution, like you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, none of, none of that stuff. It's do what, the, do what daddy government says and be happy about it. Yeah. Well, it's like, first of all, I, I don't remember government, governments don't have rights. It, this We do this weird thing, you know, it's like we separate government from people. And I think one thing that separates libertarians and anarchists from the the rest of the population is that we don't make those distinctions uh the government there there's no difference just because all of a sudden you've got this black robe on or a you know a shiny badge and a and a uniform or you're in congress or something like that you're a person and we have individual rights and just because you've got you've got this new title that I guess we bestowed upon you. It doesn't, it doesn't give you any special treatment. You can't, you don't have any more rights than anybody else does, or at least you shouldn't. And yet that, that seems to be the takeaway of the American people is yeah. Once you're in government, um, not only do you have the right to force people to obey, but you get all these other rights that you, you never had before. And, you know, it's like the the right to throw people in cages for victimless crimes and, to take 40% of their income because they worked and you need to build roads. It's like, well, where do they get these rights? They get them from people voting, but it's like, wait, did the people voting have those rights to begin with to give to them? Well, no, no, they didn't. So it's like, how are they getting rights from people that never had those rights to, you know, pass on to them? Another great question that nobody seems to be able to answer. If it was truly a democratic system, we would actually vote on all of the things that the government just passes because there are, or, you know, there are elected representatives. Uh, like it is a representative Republic, obviously, but uh, they, they go into power and into office and then they start doing things that aren't actually reflective of the people who voted for them. Like it, it's, it's insane that people think that this system is actually working in any way other than to line the pockets of the politicians who typically by the time they've made it to you know this point in their career, they've had a pretty long career in government of some form. Like they're they're entrenched. You don't you don't get a lot of like outsiders who just crop up and make a wave. Like like AOC might be a uh, she might be kind of like the exception to the rule with the way that she came about because she was kind of a flash in the pan that, uh, you know, burned to the pan and now you can't get it off. But, she, you know, you don't usually get somebody that's just like an outsider that comes storming in out of nowhere. Like usually everybody is pretty entrenched in, in one way or another. Like they've, they have family connections or, something and they've been a part of the game for a lot longer than what they've actually been in office the right of a government to force you to obey i I mean that literally stands in the face of everything that they claim you know it's like we vote for you and you work for us like all these lies that we tell ourselves i mean we know that that like what jim kramer said is actually how government operates like they are the legalized uh monopoly on on the use of force but like that's not what they pretend to be that's not what we tell ourselves constantly no no it's the exact opposite they don't have the right to force us like we get to tell them what they what they should be doing and we get to vote and if they don't if we don't like what they're doing we vote them out of office no 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 that that's all over now the government just has the right to force you to obey according to jim kramer and uh i mean it's a ridiculous statement but he's not like entirely wrong <laughs> like they they do have it they i mean not the right but they've taken it you know they, they've taken it on as the role of government is to force you to obey i mean that's exactly what's been happening for i mean forever but in particularly the last uh, almost two years now, they've been really forcing people to obey or they've been going to they're going to die trying. Have you seen like uh, Germany and Austria and Austria and some of the places that are going like doubling and tripling down on the the lockdown type stuff for unvaccinated and not letting people go to grocery stores? Like it's getting it's getting, getting kind of eerie out there. Like I'm I'm glad that at least to some extent we still do have uh 
some observation of the Tenth Amendment and allow certain levels of states' rights, even if the federal government isn't encroaching on that progressively more and more, like almost literally by the day. But like some of the just draconian measures that these other like European countries, and of course, it's always Germany and Austria, like (laughs) (laughs) Italy's considering it. Yeah. Like what? (laughs) It's just ingrained, I guess. Uh, But like the fact that they're taking these measures against their own people for like, for really no reason at this point, like there's nothing, there's nothing that's uh, scientifically showing that anything that the government is doing is working in any way or will work in any way. Like there's nothing, there is no justification for it other than that's what they want to do. And they have all the power and the monopoly on the enforcement of violence so they can and will do it like it's fucking crazy or that i mean that there's even a need for them to attempt to do something i mean i'm still blown away by like like i get a lot of people have died of covid and and it does affect some people but my god for something this relatively benign to justify that kind of action and and to have so many people on board with it like the Jim Cramers of the world, man, it did not take much to for them to reveal their true colors. Like all these Karens of the world, everybody like Jim Cramer that just says, oh yeah, they have the right to force. So, I mean, everybody thinks that the government has the right to force you to obey as long as it's something they want you to do. Like that's the essence of democracy, right? It's like, hey, as long as they're forcing you to do what I want you to do, it's fine. And I mean, I got to be honest, if the government was like forcing everybody to, uh, you know, partake in the free market and eliminate thousands of departments and all the government spending doing away with all the wars and they just did it by force, like, I don't know, I, I might not have a big problem with that if they're going to get rid of themselves. But we, we claim that we want it to be democratic, meaning like we all vote for it and everybody wants it. But no, no. As long as they're they're forcing you and other people to do what you think should be done, everybody seems to be okay with it. I, I wonder what you know what we could do to Jim Cramer. We could have the government do to Jim Cramer to force him to obey. Now, <laughs> like, what can we get the government to force him to obey that he would have to uh, that he would have to support after that tweet? There's another good NFT tweet for you. It is really funny how those. Uh, the ones who want the most government enforcement on anything and everything don't seem to understand how that would apply directly to them at some point. Like you, you always end up, you'll, you'll always end up on the wrong side of it. In fact, you'll probably end up on the wrong side of it a long time before I do, because I'll disappear out in the woods somewhere (laughs) and you'll be the one who's relying on them to take care of you. Well, he alludes to that fact when I think what, what he's talking about with the GOP thing, because I'm guessing Kramer is like a pretty liberal guy. He's like, they always exercise it, especially under the GOP. Well, it's like, all right, well, doesn't that give you pause then to question this? Right? Like, why are you supporting government use of force if you, you're recognizing that, hey, you know, the other party that I don't like could be in power and then they just have the right to force me to do all this stuff that I don't want to do? What kind of system are you advocating for here? Seems like a, a, a pretty dumb one. A pretty dumb one, if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we have, I think, on just enough time to do your fact check segment. For Let's the- fact check the fact checkers. This is great because I was just looking at I was just looking at memes today, and one of them had like the fact check thing on it. And I swear to God, every time I click on that to see why this has been flagged for whatever it just says like this has been checked by independent fact checkers oh the thing that okay absolutely drives me crazy and the entire reason i started my show and named it what i did and everything is because you would look at you would post something and it would be fact checked as misleading or fact checked as false and so because i'm a glutton for for punishment i would open it up and i would look and i would actually read the entire article to see what it was that was wrong about what I posted. Cause if I posted something that's legitimately wrong, like I want to know that I'm, I don't want to just live in a echo chamber. I do want to be uh, proven wrong when, when I am wrong. So I would open up these fact check articles and I would read them. And usually the, the headline and the first paragraph 
would explain that this is wrong. It's wrong because we say it is like it's false or it's misleading or it's misquoted or blah, blah, blah. But then if you continue to read, they go on to explain that it's not actually wrong. It's just uh, the way that it's presented. They don't like it. it they were the <laughs> fact check on the fact checkers. Yeah, the fact checkers never actually proved that anything was factually inaccurate. They just didn't like it. And that's what I've been saying all along. So bombshell in court filing, Facebook admits fact checks are nothing more than opinion. <laughs> so it's uh, this is page two, line eight of a court document where Facebook is defending itself against a uh, defamation lawsuit. Uh, John Stossel had, had filed a defamation against Facebook, and they said, Stossel's claims focus on the fact check articles, not labels affixed through the Facebook platform. Let's see. The labels themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the the contrary, they constitute protected opinion. (laughs) Our fact checkers are just giving their opinion. (laughs) They're not they are not defaming you with something. They are just stating an opinion and it's protected. But they're calling it a fact. Right. Right. I I mean, that should be an issue. (laughs) Yeah. And and like you can read the whole court filing and I sent you the link. You can we can uh, attach it to the show notes and stuff. But it's it's really the way the whole thing is worded and laid out. Like Facebook's defense of themselves against the defamation lawsuit where like Stossel actually presents legitimate uh, research and statistics and stuff that he that has been done on this stuff. And then he gets fact checked as false. So because anytime somebody pulls up an article or not anybody like the the average person on facebook sees an article and it has that fact check on it they're going to ignore it because they think it's misinformation or it's wrong or something so it, it is defamatory like that's that's actually hurting him and the and what he's doing so their entire defense of themselves is to basically just blow the lid off of it and say yeah well it's it's not actually defamatory because it's just the opinion of the person who did the fact check yeah so it's a it's, it's, yeah, it's protected. complete bullshit that and they can't have it fucking both ways you can't be like we're gonna fact check all this stuff and we're gonna call it a fact check and then when you get busted because you're not actually uh telling the truth as to what's going on they're like oh no we weren't fact checking it's just opinion get the fuck out of here man you're you're parading it around as it's fact, you're telling everybody that this is false because look at this fact check that we did. When in reality, it's just complete bullshit, uh, political propaganda from uh, a, a left wing organization. When like Facebook's primary fact checker, which is PolitiFact, it's uh, I'm trying to remember. It's extremely uh, left wing funded. Like it's all of their all of PolitiFact's funding comes from like these big monstrous uh progressive entities and stuff like it's and and that's public knowledge like anybody can pull that up and see where where all their funding comes from (laughs) yeah yeah it's but nobody does right what i'm really waiting for is youtube to get dinged on this stuff because especially and other people have mentioned this as well like if you, you just talk about something on youtube there's a chance that you might get away with it like they like your show for whatever reason they just absolutely hate you but like there's a chance that you might get away with it if you're just talking about it but if you start putting links to actual research and data and studies and you start quoting like legit uh like studies and and cases and and start looking at real facts that will get you taken down immediately you can't you can't present factual information that proves that you're right because as soon as especially if it goes against that that corporate narrative as soon as you have facts to back it up, you're gone. They don't even, they don't wait at all. And it, that's fucking crazy. Like I've stopped, I have stopped including links in any of my posts on YouTube because as soon as you link to something there, it's guaranteed that they're going to take it down. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they, I wasn't even monetizing the, uh, the YouTube page and they nuked it, you know, it's like, and they just got, you know, they just got caught uh, censoring that the Joe Rogan interview with the uh, the cardiologist uh, McCullough, Peter McCullough, I think his name is. I think it's still up on Spotify, at least it should be. I haven't finished it yet, but I, I've seen that guy's stuff before. 
For the and people yeah. who trust the science, they really, really, really don't like the science. Like as soon as you present it, then they start to censor it. Right, right. And it, I mean, it goes back to this whole thing of, of companies getting into bed with the government. Like they'll, they'll take, you know, the YouTube CEOs and Facebook and parade them in front of Congress. And all of a sudden, now they don't want, nobody wants the actual free speech on the air. You're not even allowed that, like our opinions, apparently we can't have. Uh, Facebook can have their so-called fact check opinions. That's perfectly fine. But uh, we, you can't put your opinion out on YouTube. Even if it's not opinion, it's a fact. They'll still take it down. And yeah, hopefully something will come. Maybe we can uh, get some money out of YouTube for taking down our, our channel. For doing nothing but speaking the truth. We were we were well on the way to monetization. I think we would what we were halfway there, weren't we? I think I'd at least be, I don't know, a couple million by now. <laughs> and I mean, imagine if uh I had that in some uh government security, I could be earning like 0.25% interest. Yeah, they're gonna owe me a lot of money when that when these uh chickens come home to roost. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know how long we're going, about an hour, right? Something yeah, like we're that. pushing up on it. Cool. Anything you, you need to plug or uh, tell anybody about? Oh, everybody knows I do my little show. I've been doing something since we started on Black Friday. It's a morning news show. We do it on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I, I do it with uh, Mark Metz, who's been on Free Man Beyond the Wall a couple times. Clyde, who is the... Uh, he, he's the guy that does the run your mouth coffee with John Odermatt of lines of Liberty. And then today we had, we finally found our, our fourth host is a uh, dag who is, Oh gosh, he does an agorism podcast. Um, so we do, we do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, live stream news show called the morning after. And we've been having a lot of fun with that. And it, I think we're, uh, I think we're starting to really hit our stride and figure out what we're doing and, and have a lot of fun and, and good conversation and and talk about the the news of the day. So if you're looking for something to do at 7:30 Central on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, uh check us out over on YouTube. Cool. Just on my end, you know, I've been hearing a lot about Michael Rechtenwald lately because uh he was supposed to come to the the Sayulita Super Spreader. He wasn't able to make it. I think he's back in the hospital now. He's got pneumonia. So we're all kind of pulling for him. Hopefully he's going to make a recovery. He had, he got COVID turned into the pneumonia thing. Kind of like, uh, I think, you know, Tom Woods, but uh, yeah, last I heard he wasn't doing too well. So if you want to give him your thought felt prayers or whatever, give him some, some props and uh, hopefully he'll, he'll pull through and he'll be able to make it to the Cellular Super Spreader 2022. And say, and anybody that's listening, like absolutely send him a message. He is he's a super, super nice guy. Like he, he's very responsive and he would sending, you know, sending thoughts and prayers and, and just letting him know that you, you know, you're thinking about him and stuff. Like he, he would really appreciate that. He's, he's a super good dude. And I think his mom passed away uh, within the last couple of months too. So he's, he's kind of had a rough go of it. So yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're listening and like find him on Twitter or Facebook and send him a message and tell him you're thinking about him. Cause he, he is just the nicest guy, like really. Yeah, he really is. I, I was real bummed that we, we couldn't make the, the Sayulita thing work. But yeah, his mom passed and he got sick. And I think he's at the anti-PC professor on Twitter. That's yeah. like his handle, something like that. So yeah, find him on there. Wish him well. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. We're going to do our Friday night happy hour, our bi-weekly happy hour next Friday. We're going to start those up again. So you can uh, join that by becoming a supporting listener of the show at uh, pedalingfictionpodcast.com. I'm going to have some stuff up on the merch site pretty soon, some Sayulita swag that uh, these NFT guys put together. So I'll, uh, I'll probably drop the link to that in the description of this episode. And if you guys can do all that for us, we will be back with a brand new episode for you next week, probably Tuesday. I think we're going to be back on our... Nor oh, wait. Hang on. I'm traveling again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, we'll do one on Tuesday. I'm, I'm going to Portland for Christmas. So I'll be in Portland for a week, the 22nd to the 29th. So... Uh, we might be taking a little break here for the holidays. And then I'm going to be in some new digs starting next year. So, but I'll still be around here in Mexico. Until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. 
Peace.